0: Hi, I'm Simon Schwal, the CEO and founder of Oco Insurance, and uh, I'm listening to InsurTech Business Series podcast to keep informed about uh, the insurance news in, uh, in the continent, and I invite you to do the same.
1: Welcome to the InsurTech Business Series podcast. I am me
2: And I am Gamola. And together... We host the most exciting podcast on insurance and insurtech related topics in Africa. Stay tuned. So, hi and welcome to another interesting episode of InsureTech business series and today we have a very interesting person in the house you know and uh, we're super excited about this conversation because uh, we're looking at the uh, Greek business space and he is playing in that area providing insurance very specific insurance for small scale farmers and we are super excited about what has happened with their company recently and then uh, Looking at it broadly, about how insurance can play a better role, even in the Greek space on the African continent. So, uh, without further ado, welcome, Simon. Hi, thank you for having me, Damola, and for Awesome, awesome! Pleasure to have you. So uh, we always like to start off with uh, asking how our guest is, and and just hearing how they've been. So, uh, Simon, how have you been in 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 the recent? I know that there was a raise recently, but how are you?
0: I'm uh, I'm very good. It's exciting to have uh, passed this stage of uh, raising funds. Uh, it's not uh, all celebrations and holidays. It's a uh, it's a lot of work, so I'm still tired, <laughs> but uh, it's it's exciting. Yes. Awesome,
2: awesome. Uh, Uh, so I mean there's no conversation that you have right now that don't mention about the COVID-19 and then the new reality that that has brought to the world generally and even looking at the African space where you play um, so for you personally how have you been able to navigate this new reality and I mean I'm sure that would have affected your business but then you personally how have you been able to manage uh, these new realities
0: yeah so personally I feel like that I've been pretty lucky because uh, I am based most of my time in in Israel um, and we've been receiving a lot of vaccines very, very early on so I've been vaccinated already uh, for, for two months uh, things are g- starting again so um, this has been uh, difficult in the past year but uh, now we're starting to see the end of uh, of the troubles so uh, I'm optimistic for the company it's been a bit uh, more complicated because I've been unable to travel as much as I wanted to, to see the operations in uh, yeah. Mali and Uganda to meet with new partners uh, so that's been um, that's been more challenging, uh, but that being said, uh, I think we've been less affected than other companies because we are uh, digital and because we allow uh, mm. our customers can can register remotely can pay with mobile money, so uh, we haven't had to close uh, our offices or yeah uh, operations mm.
1: Yes, I know that you're the owner of Oco, um, but a lot of people would like to meet Simon. Who is Simon? Even outside this insurance company that you
0: currently run. Okay, so um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm French and from Luxembourg, so I got two two citizenships. I've been I've got a background in uh, in uh, business management, uh, so i had an international. Career and life so far. I was born in Luxembourg, lived in France, uh, studied in Singapore, uh, started my career in London, then moved to Dubai, uh, and things started to get get even more exciting when I joined uh, another startup called uh, Bima in uh, 2014. Uh, And moved to Papua New Guinea. So that's when uh, serious things started happening. When I uh, started to work in the tech space uh, as a startup entrepreneur and uh, discovering the world of um, uh, mobile finance and finance in emerging markets. Um, so yeah, and then moved to to Israel, worked in Egypt, worked in in Senegal. Uh, so yeah, I think one thing that characterizes me is that I've been traveling a lot, and moving a lot. Uh, other than this, I'm uh, the, the lucky father of a have a six month old uh, baby, um, and uh, I enjoy uh, cooking and uh, surfing and playing the piano. So. In a few words, that's me.
2: Wow, that's, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I'm sure that uh, the past few months, to few uh, years has been quite interesting for you <laughs> being that, I mean, you've always done a lot of traveling <laughs> before now. All right, yeah. So um, I see that like you mentioned that you had some experience working with Bima mm-hmm. and uh, so, yes, we're going to go into um, Oko and, and what, what uh, you're doing there, but then uh, how did your experience with uh, BIMA, for example, maybe shape what you are doing, you know, with with OCO at the moment?
0: So I think in two main ways. First, personally, it was the first time that I had a real entrepreneurship experience, even though I was not a founder or um, at the C-level position, I was still the local founder and the only responsible, like the, the person responsible for all the operations in the market in Papua New Guinea. Uh, so this gave me a big challenge, but overcoming this challenge and being able to successfully launch the company, make it grow, uh, it gave me the um, the self confidence and the trust that I could uh, do this again by myself uh, next time. Uh, and then, as in, from a business point of view, the idea of OCO is to build on what we've been developing at Bima in terms of distributing insurance very effectively using mobile network operators and mobile technologies uh, to the unbanked. So um, we're leveraging on this at, at OCO, uh, adding more complexity uh, because we're talking about crop insurance and we need to monitor the fields. Um, we're talking to, uh, to a, a target market that is... Uh, less financially educated and uh, has more challenges, so um, it's uh, it has built the foundation of uh, of OCO. Uh, so it's yeah, it shaped Oko quite uh, quite in quite a big uh, big influence.
1: All right. Um, in fact, it's it's so impressive that um, because one of the questions I was going to ask you um, was going to be um, as a result of you know. Um, I've seen that Oco actually has um, some of the similar models of Bima. I literally used to track um, Bima's model, and you know, it's one of those impressive distribution models. But before before we dive into all of this, um, one thing I'd like to ask is. What is Oko? What does it mean? Where where did the inspiration for for that name come from? A lot of us have been questioning that because um, Oko for us in um, Nigeria, especially um, for people that are from the Yoruba descent, understand that as fa. So this has been one of the questions that has been boiling on my mind, that what does Oko mean to you um, and where did that name come from, and of course, um, how exactly um, does this you know, differ from
0: what um, BIMA has done over the years? Okay, so uh, first of all, yeah, Oko, um, it comes from, uh, from Nigeria originally, it's, uh, it's the name of a Norisha, uh, so a kind of deity, uh, protective of uh, agriculture and uh, fertility and good harvests. Uh, it's also known in Latin America because the Orishas have traveled uh, with the people. And uh, even though I talk to Nigerian people and most of them don't know about it, so it's uh, it's kind of, uh, it's only for specific uh, groups and, and, and cultures. Uh, but yeah, I found that this was a, a good name for what we try to do. It's, uh, originates from Africa, but it's been uh, traveling. Uh, it's protective of agriculture and it's also a short name that is easy to pronounce in any language and that doesn't take too much character space on the phone. So that's, uh, these are all very important criterias. <laughs> now, uh, for your other question on how it differs from, uh, from BIMA. So, um there are a few few different things first we only look at uh, crop insurance uh, while BIMA is doing live and health insurance um, and we use mobile payments mobile money payment where uh, Bima at least when I was still with them where we're using mostly at time deduction which changes quite a lot of things in your relationship with the mobile operator and uh, the the revenue model so yeah these are I think the, the main uh, the main differences but the, the distribution model is similar otherwise, yes. All right. All right.
2: That, 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 that's quite interesting. And
0: so how, how exactly
2: does Oko go about this crop insurance? Uh, help us understand,
0: I mean, how you are serving the market. Yeah. So I'll uh, explain from the point of view of a farmer. I think that's going to be the, the most interesting. So as a farmer, you uh, you can hear about Oko on, on the radio or you receive an SMS, but you can also find it in your mobile money menu. And, uh, you can find more information there and ask to register. <laughs> So when you ask to register, basically you request a call back and uh, and one of our call center agents will call you back, ask you a few things. They will ask you your location, your crop, and the the acreage, the the land that you're using. Based on these three uh, pieces of information, we will send you uh, a quotation for insurance um, that will cover you against weather risks. So um, usually it's, it's mostly droughts and floods. Um, you can choose then to pay this um, this quote, pay for this insurance via mobile money, uh, either in one instalment or in multiple instalments. And as soon as you started paying, you are uh, you activated your policy and then we start the, our work we start looking at the um, the weather and the location of your field and if we see that you have been suffering from a lack of rain or excessive rain then we automatically send you a compensation or financial mm-hmm. uh, indemnity uh, for to compensate for the uh, loss uh, harvest uh, so that's how it works we also mm-hmm. have field agents that meet farmers on site uh, so it's not necessarily done over the phone it can be done Face
2: to face. So that th- th- that's uh, kind of like a a. a- parametric insurance model, right?
0: That's correct. It's called index or parametric insurance and that means that uh, farmers don't need to wait for someone to inspect the fields to validate the claim. Everything is based on data and more specifically on an index so we look at uh, accumulated rainfall or intensity of rainfall uh, to measure if, uh, if there was a drought or a flood. So everything is automated based on satellite data. Okay, so um,
1: um what would you say as been your challenges in, with respect to, you know, applying parametric insurance? Because I know that um there are some of the, you know, fallouts from um this, especially as it relates to I mean, some people have um attested to the fact that um sometimes it is it can be inaccurate sometimes. How exactly have you been able to, you know, deal with some of the challenges um, that relates to using this particular model?
0: So yes, good question indeed. Um, So crop insurance solves a lot of challenges, the challenge of uh, visiting the farms, of um, also potential uh, fraud, like uh, bribes or um, Mm -hmm. uh, simulating a a calamity, but it comes with its own challenges. So indeed, the data uh, we get uh, is not always correct even though we try to choose the best data possible and it's not uh, precise to the level of the farm but only to the level of the village more like it's uh, we have a four square kilometer um, granularity so it means that a farm can be affected differently to another uh, in the same location based on the uh, the altitude, for example, or other elements. Um, so the way which we overcome this is by education mostly. We um, we educate farmers about how it works so that they we don't build uh wrong expectations farmers know that we look at the village level and the all the farmers in the same village will be compensated the same way and that helps to uh, overcome this uh, this challenge we also try to use more and more data to improve the precision of our analysis, so uh, that's uh, that's the product is getting better and better over time. Okay, yeah, uh,
2: that's that's
0: that's
2: that's quite that's quite interesting, and um, is just um, going to be interesting to hear. I mean, I know that you currently are in Mali and Uganda, right? Uh, what what is the regulatory environment? I mean, in that uh, in that space, uh, I mean. Innovation is usually always ahead of of regulation, right? And I mean, your business is is using a lot of uh, technology and thinking about uh, the whole micro-insurance differently. Uh, So uh, what's the role that uh, the regulator has played in some of those markets that you are uh, currently (laughs) playing?
1: Do you know that the IBS Women in Insurance webinar is coming up this month of May? The webinar will focus on the challenges, opportunities, and realities faced by women in the insurance industry. Notable speakers like Rashidat Adebisi, Majori Igwenya, Adolu Adomizer, and many more will be there. More details on our social media pages. Don't miss it.
0: Um, okay, so regulation is uh, is really important in insurance. So um, we're trying to work as closely as possible with the regulator. The we know sort of some projects that have failed because they didn't have the right uh, authorizations. So yeah, that's a really mm. strong uh, advice I would give to, to people who want to go into that space is to uh, work closely mm. with the regulators and. Um, Two things first the regulators are really pleased to see this kind of initiative because they've been pushing insurers to um, offer solutions for the most vulnerable for a long time mm. and uh, they are happy to see yeah solutions like this being developed but then they also have a role of uh, monitoring what's what's happening and making sure that everyone is uh, is licensed correctly so we are uh, registered as a local insurance agent in uh, in Mali we work hand in hand with a local insurance company that has the right uh, license to distribute crop insurance uh, we, mm. uh, we involved the uh, regulator in the discussions when we started when we designed the products to ensure that they would be uh, they would have no objections to what we do um, but yeah the overall the regulation is quite supportive because they uh, they have goals in terms of financial inclusion um, there's only one country uh, in Africa that I know of that is not accepting um, index insurance at the moment and that's South Africa um, Other countries are at, at my uh, as far as I know are authorizing this kind of product and encouraging them event because of uh, the impact it can have on uh, the the vulnerable uh, rural population. Okay. Um,
1: I, I like the fact that you, you actually just, because um, I was going to ask about, I mean, how you intend to expand, um, you know, your business across Africa. I was looking at the fact that, you know, there's the recently signed um, Africa Continental Free Trade, free trade Agreement, and um, uh, would you just play within the space of Mali and Uganda, or are you looking to expand, like leverage on this particular opportunity and, and expand, you know, um, the business model across uh, the other parts of Africa? See, I mean, I mean Nigeria, so
0: I'm yeah. asking about Nigeria as well. <laughs> Uh, so we have the ambition to be a pan-African um, company uh, and possibly the, the biggest player in Africa in terms of uh, of crop insurance. So we have uh, very high ambitions. Um, so Mali and Uganda is, is the starting point, but we we, we want to expand. Um, the idea of launching in Mali first is, was that we see most of the innovation coming from Three places in Africa, Kenya... Nigeria, and Egypt, to some extent, and maybe South Africa, but that's different kind of, of innovations. Um, and Francophone Africa is usually uh, lagging behind. It's 10 years behind or five years behind in terms of, of, of innovations. So um, knowing that I'm I'm a native French speaker, and uh, I also had uh, good contacts at, uh, at Orange, uh, I thought I should use this opportunity to bring innovation quicker to West Africa and to Francophone Africa. And to benefit from what has been a a a problem so far, the the lack of innovation, like being the first there and uh, avoiding uh, frontal competition, Uh, so. The idea is to develop in West Africa. Uh, we are looking especially at uh, at Ivory Coast as the next market, potentially also Ghana. Uh, Uganda was an opportunity because we've been selected by AB InBev and uh, uh, Nile Brewery more specifically uh, to bring insurance to their barley farmers. Uh, so that's why we went to, to Uganda. Um, but now it's uh, it's good because we have multiple... Partners in terms of insurance and mobile operators. So that helps us also to, to cover more countries in Africa in the future.
2: Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Adebo Ali Banjo. I'm co founder, CEO at mycover.ai, and we are building Africa's digital insurance infrastructure. For the latest news and insurance technology in Africa, keep listening to InsureTech Business Series and stay updated. Yeah, that's that, that that's that's very good because I mean, I also have been looking at innovation and all of these uh, activities uh recently and even looking at the the industry as a whole, the 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 Francophone uh, part have been lacking behind, like you said, and I've had some conversations with people from that part of, of, of the African continent. And, uh, you know, there are all of these sentiments as regards not seeing those innovative products uh, that are evident in maybe Nigeria or Kenya or South Africa, Egypt, you know. So so that's, that's quite interesting that you are um, looking to go into the Abri Coast. And I know that uh, recently you had some investment mm-hmm. and um, I mean, congratulations on that. Thank you. That for me, uh, I mean, looking at it from the outside in, uh, it sort of like gives validation to some of the things that you've been doing for the past uh, few years. Right. And uh, also for the tech uh, community on the African continent, it also also shows that uh, there's promise in, in, in this space and, we have seen, not just yourself, we've seen other tech companies as well get funding, Lamy in Kenya, uh, Curacel in Nigeria as well. And So what I, I want to ask now is, uh, I mean, you are still on that journey, uh, but then uh, you have come some way. So what would be your advice for for insurtechs uh, or people who want to enter into the space? I know that you talked about um, what they should do in terms of regulation, but looking at some of the experiences that you've had, and all of these engagements. So what would be your advice to uh, Shortex uh, coming into the space or looking to to play a role?
0: Yeah, so um, it's not uh, it's not just random that uh, investments are made in this space and that you see more and more uh, startups. It's, I think it's because we all agree that uh, that there's a big opportunity there, um, in a more mature market. I would say, like in uh, in Western Europe, in in the US, um, everyone has already insurance and all, everyone has access to credit. Everyone has uh, credit cards, etc. Uh, but in uh, in Africa, a large part of the population has not had access to these services yet. So banks don't really have the uh, hegemony, like the uh, the uh, the market share that they have in um, bank and insurance and, and more uh, that they they had in, in have now in more established markets. So there is still a place to be uh, taken, and um, we see mobile operators going into that space, but also more and more startups because uh, there are now tools to distribute these insurance products uh, thanks to smartphone penetration, thanks to also just uh, mobile phone technology, and. There's a real need by people to access financial services, to grow their business, to secure their financial um, uh, prospects, uh, so I think that's why it's all coming together now. There is a, a need by the population. There is a technology that allows new services to be developed, and there is a, a lack of. There was at least an, for a long time a lack of uh, of services available. Um, so there is, yeah, there is this opportunity and. Uh, startups are well positioned to go after it because they are more flexible and uh, they they don't have all the fixed costs that a big uh, company can have. Yeah. That being said, it's also very important to work hand in hand with these large uh, financial companies when you're in insurtech or in fintech because yeah. uh, as a startup you, you don't have uh, the the funding and the uh, financial guarantees to uh, to, to reassure the, the clients, the customers and the regulators.
1: This has obviously been one of the um, interesting conversations we've had after um, our agribusiness um, webinar. And I, I know, again, um, that with, with this, a lot of people are beginning to see the opportunities that lies um, within the agri business space. But um, before we let you go, we'd like to know what you would, what advice you would give to people um, in this space that are looking to um, delve into agri business. I mean, there must have been a reason why you didn't want to do life, you didn't want to do else. You you chose agri um, of all of the you know um, other types of insurance. And so, um, what what were your thoughts your challenges and um, for people that are coming up how exactly can they upskill their, their products or um, their businesses
0: to you know something as um, you know viable as OKO okay? so uh, the way I see it <laughs> There are waves of services. So first came uh, mobile money, and people used it to transfer money uh, locally in the country, and then internationally. Then came payment to third parties, um, and then came insurance. And the first product, first insurance products were life and health. And at the time when I launched Oco, I thought, okay, what what is going to be the next thing, the next big thing? And as an entrepreneur, I think that's what you always need to think of. You need to live kind of in your uh, predictions of the future. Um, so you need to look at the, the market uh, metrics but also your own convictions, and see what you think is going to be the next big thing. Um, so in from my opinion, I could see that the majority of the population in sub-Saharan Africa lives from agriculture, that uh, other financial services have been successful already, like payments and uh, to some extent, credit, microcredit, and already some kind of insurance. So I thought, okay, that's that's what's going to come next, is, uh, is crop insurance. It's uh, such a big need for it, uh, such a large population that, uh, that Requires it, and they are now equipped with phones, so that's uh, that's where I need to bet. Thank you very very much for for that. Uh, it's it's quite
2: interesting as well, as well that you are quite focused on weather risk, and um, I mean I'm just curious to to, to hear your thoughts. Um, I mean I don't know if maybe this is part of uh, future plans, but but then uh, are there plans to maybe provide other solutions like maybe to cover political risk or, you know, terrorism and things like that, which also affect uh, our farmers, especially these small scale farmers who
0: are on the ground and who are, you know, feeling the brunt. So we started with, um, with weather insurance because simply it's the easiest thing to monitor remotely. Um, it's uh, difficult to observe um, a localized uh, disease, for example, uh, but uh, weather is already monitored, has been monitored for many years, so we have also the data. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's easiest, easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we know that there is need. Uh, we we hear our customers saying that they would like to be covered against pests and disease. And uh, f- everyone is we're not the only one mm-hmm. in, in this space. And everyone is trying to to find solutions for this. Uh, so we are also investing in uh, in research and development to to develop uh, such a product. Um, yeah. It's uh, not ready yet. Um it's we need to work more on this, but yeah that's the idea is to offer uh, a full protection to uh, to, to the farmers. Um, and we might uh, also diversify into uh, price insurance if the price of a specific um, commodity falls, we could try to protect farmers against this mm. um, and we've also been thinking in the context of COVID about a work interruption uh, insurance so if uh, marketplaces for example mm. cannot be uh, cannot operate if uh, stores mm. have to be closed if uh, transportation cannot, yeah. uh, cannot uh, continue then farmers are left with their products and no way to sell them so that's also a risk that we could try to cover but uh, we still have to do a bit of thinking about how this would
2: work, yeah. Um, that's 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 quite interesting, and uh, and I mean, definitely the possibilities are, are endless, and just continue to iterate. and That's the beauty about being an insure tech, you know, being able to iterate and and you know, think about some of these solutions and and find ways to to provide them, uh, you know. Profitably, um, definitely, and uh, so yeah, that's 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 really um that's that's really interesting. Uh, looking at the 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 agri space, uh, I mean, you talked about why you, you entered into the space uh, initially, um, focusing on crop insurance, right? But, um, in the light of the African Free Trade Agreement, I'm going back to that now. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: what kind of opportunity is there for For the insurance industry as a whole, not just uh, yourself, because uh, definitely the market is there, but uh, we need a lot of hands uh, on ground to to actually provide these solutions to a lot more people uh, who actually need them. So, I mean, do you have numbers or or, or things that you have seen or, you you know, that tells about the opportunity that is there for the industry to just tap into?
0: So to be honest, I haven't uh, seen really the, uh, the opportunity of the, uh, the free trade agreement just yet. Uh, but what I've been pleased uh, with is to see that there is already a lot of cooperation between the, the countries to to help uh, spread yeah. the innovation. For example, uh, the, the whole West Africa, or yeah, many countries in West Africa are united yeah. not only by currency but also by regulation. For example, uh, they have the same central banks, they have the same the BCAO, they have the same um, uh, insurance regulator, the CIMA. C-I-M-A. Uh, so it makes things easier uh, to, uh, to to replicate in more mar- in more markets. It's not perfect yet because even though uh, we have a license in one market, it doesn't allow us to to go into other markets that easily. We need to still incorporate locally a new entity and uh, obtain a license. So if that becomes easier with the free trade agreement, uh, that would be definitely a benefit because there's a lot of, uh, of, of time uh, and energy lost in the process of being registered in every market uh, having a local entity then consolidating the account uh, so that's that's a struggle and that's also a problem for the smaller countries because when you when you have the same hurdles to go uh, to, to pass whatever the market size then you will prioritize the, the large markets and uh, some smaller markets will uh, will always uh, be be left behind so definitely the more more co- Cooperation between between markets uh, mm. is a good news, um, but uh, can I tell you specifically for the fr- African Free Trade Agreement, uh, what benefit we see immediately? Um, again, yeah. Also, I forgot to mention the, this the visa requirements is uh, is easier in some markets. For example, the on, in East Africa between the different uh, East African cooperation uh, countries, country member member countries. Uh, People can work in in all the countries without need of a visa. Same thing in West Africa with the uh, uh, the market audience. Uh, also, in terms of uh, property rights, like the IP rights, are also organised regionally. Uh, so that helps. So um, I didn't know about all these different uh, alliances or corporations, but uh, this is definitely uh, helping. And uh, the African Free Trade Agreement can only improve this even further. So that's anyway, good news.
1: Thank you very much, Simon. I mean, again, like I mentioned earlier, this has been a very interactive session and um, I like the fact that we've had this conversation, especially at a time like this. And also, like Damona said, congratulations on your investment. Uh, I'm sure that that would obviously um, increase the buffer to penetrate all the market space like you also mentioned in the course of this interview. So um, we're grateful that you agreed to come on this podcast. But before you go, um, for people that are looking to you know contact you or access
0: you in any way um, would there be a way we can reach you especially for our listeners sure so um, we have we have good presence on social networks you can follow us on uh, Facebook uh, if you want to if you're yeah if you want to see uh, how we serve our, our you know farmers um, see some uh, testimonials and stuff like this And we have a YouTube channel where you can see also a lot of, of content uh, testimonials but also Explanations and interviews, and if you want to speak to us personally, then I would say contact us on on LinkedIn. You can also send a message to info at oco finance, uh, and we'll try to, to get back to you.
2: Awesome, awesome. That, that that's that's awesome. So uh, thank you very much again for for coming, and it's been a pleasure speaking. And I mean, good luck with the future, and, and we definitely uh, would love to continue to be a part of. I mean, this success, you know, get to to share about what you're doing and and maybe be a part of some of the expansion that you are hoping to do in the West African space.
0: Well, I will keep you updated and uh, I will be happy to to tell you more when we have uh, new country launches or new product launches. Awesome. Awesome.
2: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you, guys.
2: Hi, and I hope you did enjoy that conversation. Quite an interesting one. Do ensure that you continue to listen to our podcast and share as well with your colleagues and friends uh, future episodes and even previous ones on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, on every platform that you get your podcasts.
1: Right, and also don't forget to join the conversation on all of our social media platforms. You might have comments, reviews, as well as questions. Please do share on our LinkedIn page, on our Twitter page, as well as remember to follow us.